Who loves worshipping God and being in the presence of God? Um, yeah, my name's Michael. Did I say that? My name's Michael, part of the team here. Um, uh, yeah, so make yourselves comfortable. We're going to, we'll get straight into the word because there's, there's a little bit to get through. So we'll, we'll look at that straight away. If you've got your Bible uh, or your phone or whatever you use, just turn to Mark chapter 5, 41 to 43, and that's, that's what we're going to be looking at this morning. Uh, so if you turn there and get that ready. So the legacy of a fruitful life. This year we've had the theme of fruitfulness throughout this year, having fruitful lives and producing good fruit in our lives. And and as Christians, that's what we're called to do. If we're planted and connected with Jesus, then he says, you'll be a good tree and you will produce good fruit. And much fruit is what um, he wants from us. And so in John 15, 16, it says, you, do, you did not choose me. This is Jesus talking. You did not choose me, but I chose you. And appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain. So not only are we called to bear fruit, but we're called to bear fruit that remains. Fruit that continues after we leave this earth. After we're dead and gone, what is going to live on after us? What is our legacy going to be from our life? how we've lived our life, what we've done, who we've impacted. What is, is our legacy going to be? You think, of, you think throughout history of the people that have lived and died on this planet. You think of the legacy. I'm sure you can think of people whose legacy was bad. They're forever remembered for a bad legacy. But then you look at people and they had a great legacy. You think of, obviously, Jesus Christ. He, he, was, he lived and died 2,000 years ago, over 2,000 years ago. And his legacy, the legacy and fruit from his life, continues powerfully to this very day. There were others that lived out the Christian faith. The Apostle Paul, another one. His legacy, the letters that he wrote, live on. Thousands of years after he's, he's died. He, he, he loved the people. He loved the church. He helped establish that initial church. And his, his fruit lives on, even though he's not here with us. And that's the fruit Jesus is talking about. But it doesn't have to be necessarily this huge worldwide uh, significance. It can be, but it doesn't have to be. Jesus is saying... Just shoot, you should produce fruit that remains after you're gone. And there's, for example, there's a lady in Acts chapter 9. It says, in Joppa, there was a disciple named Tabitha. In Greek, her name is Dorcas. Just, yeah, if you're going to name your kid in this day and age, probably avoid that one. But it was probably right back then, but in, it's, yeah, don't, don't put your child through that. She was, always, she was always doing good and helping the poor. And then, you know, as she died. And so 
this, this woman died and they call for Peter. And then all the widows stood around Peter crying and showing him the robes and other clothing that Dorcas had made while she was still with them. So this lady died. We, no, she's, Paul, uh, Peter raises her from the dead. But let's say her life, after she's died, there's this legacy after her. The people were grieved when, when she was gone. They wanted her around. She was a blessing to them. She used to make, have this gift of making clothes and, and she'd make clothes and give it to people and she was known as a Christian woman. She, she was always doing good and helped the poor. So her legacy, her fruit lived on after her life, probably in her circle of friends, her family, her church, but it remained. Her fruit remained and we want fruit that remains like that, whatever our gifting and calling is. However, however great I suppose or large or notable or, or if it's less notable that's not the issue that that Jesus is talking about and so this legacy this word legacy when you hear it you can you can think of yourself you can think of I'm it's I want to produce a legacy for me so that people remember me and I have had this impact in the world so that people bring me honor and glory. But that's not, that's obviously out of whack. If our motivation is to build a legacy so that I am remembered and my name lives on, it's out of whack because the motivation is, our motivation for a legacy is because we love people. We're loving people. And you can't, create you can't create a legacy without love for people you can't create a legacy without laying down your life for people and you can't lay down your life for people and not create a legacy they go hand in hand and and the legacy we're talking about is not it's not a natural legacy people that aren't even christians can be said they were a nice person you know, they were friendly. They were helpful. So, but in our context, it's not purely natural legacy. It's a legacy that is about, it has to carry with it the gospel of Jesus Christ. It has to carry with it uh, a desire to build the kingdom, to see people saved, to see his body built up. If your legacy doesn't include that, then there's something missing it has to include that it can't just be a natural legacy unless your legacy lives by the holy spirit and is jesus centered then it is not the fruitful legacy that jesus is talking about so you might be thinking this morning that look i don't i don't know what my legacy will be if i died tomorrow I don't know, maybe it's, it's just mediocre or it'd be a bad legacy maybe or it wouldn't really be remembered by others. I haven't, you know, I sort of just live for myself really and, and that, that won't, I won't have that fruit that remains. But, but Jesus, but if you are thinking that today, there's some keys in this story that Jesus gives us that help us to live out. Uh, a fruitful legacy 
if, if, we, can, if we can put them in place. So, so in this story, it says, when Jesus, this is Mark chapter 5, 20, 21, when Jesus had crossed, had again crossed over by boat to the other side of the lake, a large crowd gathered round him while he was by the lake. Then one of the synagogue leaders named Jairus came, and when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet. He pleaded earnestly with him, my little daughter is dying. Please come and put your hands on her so that she'll be healed and live. So Jesus went with him. A large crowd followed and pressed around him. And a woman who was, who was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. Now, this, this woman touches his cloak, is healed. There's a bit of an interim here where he's ministering to this lady before. And, and then we'll pick it up again in 35. And so while Jesus was still speaking to this woman that just got healed from this issue of blood, some people came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue leader. Your daughter is dead, they said. Why bother the teacher anymore? Overhearing what they said, Jesus told him, don't be afraid, just believe. He did not let anyone follow him except Peter, James and John, the brother of James. When they came to the home of the synagogue leader, Jesus saw a commotion with people crying and wailing loudly. He went in and said to them, Why all this commotion and wailing? The child is not dead, but asleep. But they laughed at him. After he put them all out, he took the child's father and mother and the disciples who were with him and went in where the child was. He took her by the hand and said to her, Talitha kum, which means little girl, I say to you, get up. Immediately the girl stood up and began to walk around. She was 12 years old. At this, they were completely astonished. He gave strict orders not to let anyone know about this and told them to give her something to eat. So this, this Jairus, this, this synagogue leader, had, had a daughter. And his, his legacy, what would live on after him, was bound up in this daughter that he had. This, this girl was going to carry on the family name. She was going to be something that remained after he was gone. And he, his daughter is dying. She's sick and dying and she's about to die. And his legacy is bound up in this daughter. But it's not just his, he's not just thinking about his legacy. As I said before, he's thinking about he loves his daughter. Obviously, he loves this, his daughter deeply. And so he wants her to live on so that there's something that carries on after him. And so this, Jesus knew that this, this daughter was going to die. He knew that she would die. It wasn't a surprise to him. So this man comes to him in panic, in fear, probably in, in worry and concern. Maybe he's tried the doctors, maybe he's tried whatever, the physicians, he's, he's tried whatever probably and he's like, she's still dying, I've got to, what do I do in this situation? He's obviously heard about Jesus, that Jesus is walking around, healing the sick, doing good to all and so he, he, he runs to Jesus and asks Jesus for help. And the fact that Jesus knew this daughter was going to die tells us that this, this, this story applies to every one of us. It applies to everyone in life. 
unless your, unless your legacy that you've created by your own strength dies and is resurrected, it won't really live. Unless it lives by the power of God, the supernatural power of God, your legacy won't, won't live on. It has to die. It has to die. Jesus said, I tell you the truth, unless a kernel of wheat is planted in the soil and dies, it remains alone. But its death will produce many new kernels, a plentiful harvest of new lives. So obviously Jesus is talking about himself there, the, the seed that was planted and his death caused all us to be here and many more millions around the world. He was talking about himself, but it's also a principle for, for us. You know, he was clinging on to this daughter, trying his best to keep it alive, to keep her alive, sorry, and, but then she dies. But, it, but she need, in a sense, she needed to die. I know that sounds funny, but our legacy in our own strength needs to die and has to be resurrected by God's power or it won't live at all. So this, this man, there's a number of things that he does here that, that cause his fruitful legacy to, to become alive and live on after him. And the first thing he does is connect with Jesus. Now, that sounds, that sounds like a simple connect with Jesus. That sounds like a simple thing like it's not very deep but you know the battle is so much for us and for our connection with Jesus every day you're going to face a battle you're going to face a, a, a flood of information a flood of worries and troubles you're going to face a flood of of work and things that you need to do that are, that are going to tr- that can disconnect you from Jesus and our legacy won't live unless we are vitally connected to him Jesus said abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine neither can you unless unless you abide in me now there's nothing wrong with you know there's so many nothing wrong with Facebook you might you might be on Facebook now there's nothing wrong with Instagram there's nothing wrong with with Netflix or I hope you're not (laughs) there's nothing wrong with these things but you know what Jesus doesn't have a Facebook account he's not subscribed to Netflix he he, he can't follow him on Instagram I'm not saying these are wrong there's but he's he's outside of that in a sense he's you connect to him in prayer and in his word and we need to make sure that we have that basis in our life a a lot of that in our life because if we're not connected to him how are we going to produce fruit he said you can't it's impossible so our main goal is not to try and struggle and produce this fruit but connect to Jesus if you connect to him his life flows through you and you'll produce fruit As we heard last week, if you're a Christian and have been grafted into the tree of life, the true vine, Jesus Christ, then you'll produce fruit. If not, then there is no way you can produce fruit. You might be here today and you aren't 
you know that you've never connected with Jesus. You're not connected with Jesus. You just, you just know that. You know in your heart that if you died tomorrow, you, would, you don't know where you'd go. Jesus is saying, Con- just connect with him. Just take that step and connect with him. You might be trying to live a good life. You might be trying to stop this or that habit. And he's saying, look, just, just repent. Stop living independently of me. Just, just ask me into your life. He can fix that stuff progressively, and he does fix it. All we have to do is say, forgive me. I want to I connect with you. And there's a, there was a quote, of, a, a bit of um, information I found in the Royal Horticultural Society website. That's just to... <laughs> That's just to cover my bases with, um, you know, so I don't get sued for, for saying something here. The graft union sometimes ceases. This is a, he's talking about fr- fruit trees, right? Like apples, you know, you can graft trees. Con, Con knows all about this. Plums or you can graft them onto a, you get a, a strong rootstock and you graft this branch in, and which is what we are. It says the graft union sometimes ceases to function at a later period, possibly some years after planting. When this happens, the flow of nutrients from the rootstock to the top growth becomes limited or stops completely, and the top growth will gradually or suddenly deteriorate. The affected plant may start showing signs of poor growth and gradual deterioration, On the other hand, the demise can be quite sudden. Graft failure can occur in both young and fully established plants with little prior warning. In some cases, the graft union does not display any obvious external symptoms of a problem being present. In other cases, on closer examination, the rootstock and top growth can be seen to have become partly or completely separated. Now you think, well, what? Great, I'm not, I'm not growing fruit trees. I'm not a horticulturalist. But if our, the, we'd be grafted into Christ, and if that graft starts to deteriorate, starts, if the nutrients stop flowing as well as they need to, then we start to deteriorate as the branch. We start to produce less fruit. We start to shrivel up. And, and Jesus wants us to be connected connected strongly to him and it says sometimes they're not obvious you might know that in your heart but outwardly people wouldn't know they wouldn't know your situation but I encourage you to today to to take steps you need whatever you need to do take those steps to to connect more strongly with him and you know he's holding you in the palm of his hands he's just saying turn to me afresh uh, and and find that reconnection The devil's main aim is to disconnect you from Christ. And, um, you know, don't be unaware of his schemes. And so this man connects, connects with Jesus. The, ne- the next thing that happens is he comes and falls on his knees before Jesus and says, you know, Jesus, help me. I desperately need your help. And Jesus says, okay, I'll, I'll go to your house. And so he, he's... he's He's like, there would be a relief, like, good, Jesus is coming. He's going to heal my daughter. This is great. And then this woman comes in the crowd and touches Jesus' cloak, and he stops. 
And, and this guy would have been thinking, she's, she's just about dead. She's, what are you doing? It's, this is urgent. This is, this is a rush. This is a, this is a panic moment, Jesus. Why aren't you panicking? Why aren't you... What, this woman, you might have even got angry at that woman. Why did you have to do that then? Why couldn't you come later? Or angry at God. Why, why are you stopped here ministering to this person when I have this great need in my life? My legacy is about to die and you're ministering to this lady. But you've got to be patient. Jesus has his plans and they're way beyond ours. And if, if you fall into impatience and fear and panic, like, I've got to create a legacy now. I've got to, you go away from this, to this morning and say, I've got to do stuff now. I've got to, it's got to get done now. If you fall into panic and fear and anxiousness, it doesn't help your walk with Christ. You've got, there's got to be patience. And don't envy other people when you see, you know, you might see things happening in people's lives and think, Wow, how come, how come God's giving them all this good stuff and me, I'm still just plugging away, you know, you know trying to read, read my Bible in the mornings and pray, but it's not, where, where, where's, where's it coming for me? But it's important to stay patient because the Bible says that you will see the fruit of it. It says at the proper time we'll reap a harvest if we do not give up. So there's a proper time and you... You can't get discouraged. You've got, to, you've got to see the bigger picture, that it's not just about you. It's about everybody here. And Jesus knows what has to happen, and he hasn't forgotten about you. And, after, and so this, this event takes place. And then, you know, the, whoever it was, the, um, some messenger, I think, come, comes along and says... Um, he's just finished with this lady and he's up to go again this, what, this messenger comes along and says look your daughter's dead she's dead it's too late don't, don't, bother, don't bother Jesus anymore don't bother the master anymore it's over and so but Jesus ignores that voice he ignores that, that voice, that hopeless voice. And he's saying, you know, the voice comes into your mind. It says, can't you see that it's hopeless? Your legacy is dead. Give up. That's what the devil will say to you. That's what the voices will say to you. They'll say it's hopeless. Stop. Why are you bothering the teacher anymore? Give up. Stop bugging Jesus with your prayers and requests. He's lost interest in you. Well, is that the voice of God or the voice of hopelessness? The voice, a hopeless voice that says there's no hope. If you'd tried harder, you could have stopped her from dying. Maybe if you'd sought God earlier and not put it off, you had your chance and you blew it. That's what the voice is, is telling you. You're too slow. It's too late. It's not going to happen. You might as well just come to terms with it. Maybe for others, but I'm sorry, it's just not your day today. That's what this voice will be speaking into your mind. 
And Jesus is saying, he, he just ignores it. And he says, don't be afraid, just believe. And to you today, don't, us today, don't be afraid, just believe. Just believe. God is a supernatural God. It's not about the natural circumstances or situations. The natural circumstances can be totally opposite to what his call is, to, to what his purpose is for your life. And he's saying, you know what? Those things can come totally contradictory. He's saying, don't, don't worry, don't be afraid, just believe. Believe in the power of God. Believe in the miracle-working power of God. He can't do a miracle unless there's a miracle that needs to be done. And, and sometimes he lets these things happen so his glory can be revealed in our lives. He lets it become out of our hands. He lets it become about him and his power and what he does in our lives. There's a verse in the Bible that says, In repentance and rest is your salvation. In quietness and trust is your strength. So don't let yourself get frantic. Just believe. And at, after this, this moment, um, when th- there's a series of things that happen, a series of attacks on us, I suppose, or things that are, will try and stop you from seeing your, 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 your legacy, uh, fruitful legacy in your life. And so it goes on to uh, the next thing that Jesus does is he stops the crowd. There's this huge crowd around him and he stops them. And he says, you know what, I'm sorry, all of you can't come, all of you can't come with me, I'm sorry, it's only Peter, James and John, these three men here, only they can come with me to, to this event. And so he, he rejects the crowd and, and partners with three men that he knows have faith in this situation. Three men that aren't going to say, this can't be done. How's this going to happen? He partners with faith. And we've got to partner with faith. We've got to partner with... You've got to reject unbelief and partner with faith. You've got to exclude unbelief from traveling with you. You've got to believe that God has a calling for your life. You've got to start saying, I will fulfill my calling. I will have a fruitful legacy. I will help people and bless others and walk in love. I will see people come to know Jesus and find strength in him. You've got to allow faith to travel and partner with you. And don't, don't let the naysayers say that it can't be done or you won't do it. Now, obviously, it doesn't mean that it's not talking so much about people like if someone says, if you said, oh, God's put my heart on this, and they say, oh, how can that ever happen? As if that's going to happen. It's not, it's not about people. Our fight is, is not against flesh and blood. It's not about that. We're all going to do that at different times. But it's about that. It's like, I'm not taking that on board. I hear what you're saying, but I'm not, I'm not taking that on board. I'm partnering with faith in my mind here. I'm partnering with faith in my spirit that God is going to do something in my life that's significant that's going to live on that's going to be for his glory however great however small seemingly 
it doesn't matter, but that's what I'm partnering with. And so he takes these three men and he goes and he travels on and he gets to the home of this synagogue ruler. And there's this peep, there's this whole crowd wailing and crying, you know, because this girl is dead. And in that day, they used to hire professional mourners. They used to pay these people to come and cry and wail and, and, oh, you know, and be there to, to grieve. And so there's this hired crowd of, of mourners. And they're all mourning and crying. Oh, it's so sad. She's died. Oh, oh no. Like, oh, wow. It's all over. Oh, you know, they're just going on and on and on. And, but these professional mourners, they only, they only look at the natural and the negative. And if, if you struggle with hope, these, these mourners are going to gather around you and they're going to start saying into your life, oh, you know, oh, so sad, oh, poor you, oh, if only, mm, gee, this is so bad for you, this is so horrible for you, you know, why don't you, why don't you just, you know, lay down in bed and just don't worry about life anymore. They try to drag you, try and drag you into depression. And Jesus says, hang on a minute. He said, you see, they don't see in the spirit that this, in fact, is for God's glory to be shown in the situation. So they only see the negative and the natural situation. And this, these, this wailing, this mourning can come from the devil can try and get it into you or through people or through your own mind and heart. You know, and they, they say things like, woe to you, if only you hadn't sinned so bad. If only you hadn't got sick. If only you hadn't got into that relationship. If only you had got that job. If only you had kept that role that you had in church back, back then. If only, if only, if only. It's time to be sad and depressed and regretful. That's what these voices are, are saying. But they only see the, the natural. They don't see the, the bigger picture that it's for God's glory. This event is for God's glory. And Jesus sees that. And, he's, and, and these people, you know, they, they come to you. But the fact is that we, we hide them. We hide the mourners. And you know why we hire them? Because they give some level of comfort to us. So we're like, hey, you mourners, come into my life. I, I need that sort of comfort. You know, I need the comfort that I, I could have done something in, for God. I could have lived out that life. But can you come and give me some comfort and gather around and, you know, wo woe is me. I'm, yeah, come, come with me and let, let's talk, let's, you know grieve together let's mourn together and so these mourners you know they give us some form of comfort but you know just as we hired them we can fire them we can say you know what maybe I did hire you but sorry here's your notice 
out now. It's, it's, it's over now. I'm firing you. You're fired out of my life. You're fired out of my mind. I'm not going to mourn anymore. I'm not going to sit in self-pity and grieve what could have been years ago or grieve that I didn't seek God as I could have earlier or grieve that I missed those opportunities. I'm going to forget what is behind and press on towards what is ahead. All things, Jesus says, why have you lost hope? Why have you invited these wailers, these mourners into your life? All things are possible with God. There is, there's always hope. And hope in the, that word hope in the Bible isn't just, oh, I hope like someone gives me a new Ferrari next week, or I hope that, you know, whatever. It, it's, it's a, in the, in the, Original language, it says a joyful and certain expectation. That's what hope is, a joyful and certain expectation. And with Jesus, there's always a joyful and certain expectation. And so get, it's time to get the mourners. It's time to, to stop, stop mourning in your life for what could have been. And then these, these hired mourners as soon as because Jesus says to you to us to this man your legacy isn't dead it's just sleeping your legacy isn't dead it's just sleeping and to our minds to the natural mind it's ridiculous and these these mourners these hired mourners one minute they're all sad and the next minute they're laughing at him they're like oh Get on you, Jesus. She's dead. She's not asleep. She's dead. This girl has died. Look, she's not breathing. Her heart's not beating. She's dead now. And they laugh at him. They laugh and joke. But Jesus is unperturbed by that. And so he puts the mockers out. He gets them all out. He gets them out of the out of the house. He says he put after he He says he puts them all out. And you've got to put the mockers out. Not not the moccasins. I don't know if you've got moccasins, but not talking about moccasins, but mockers, scoffing. It can't be done. You know, this is who do you think you are? As if you amount to anything. As if God can use you. As if you can have a fruitful legacy. Give me a break. You've got no skill, no aptitude. You've got no friends, no contacts, you're not a big shot, a big player. You can't talk, you're too timid, you're not smart enough. You living out a life that bears fruit, that's laughable. This is what he says to us. You say, hang on a minute. No, get out. Get out of my life. I might not be anything, but Jesus is something in me. It's, you know, greater is he that lives in me than he that lives in the world. In 1 Corinthians, it says, Brothers, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many influential. Not many were noble birth. But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. He chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things, the things that are not, to nullify the things that are, so that no one may boast before him. It is because of him that you're in Christ Jesus who has become for us wisdom from God, that that is our righteousness, holiness, and redemption. 
Therefore, as it is written, let him who boasts, boast in the Lord. So we've got to start boasting in God, boasting in who God is. I might not be this or that. I might not have the dedication. I might not have the, the passion it takes to do this. I might not have the, the energy or the wisdom, but God does. And if he lives in me, well, then all things are possible. I might not be this or that, but Jesus is. He is this and that. He's everything. And he lives in me and he wants to use me to confound the wise and proud. Those that think that in their own strength, in their own ability, their own wisdom, they can construct something of value and worth. But it can't be done. It can only be done by those who know they need Jesus. He said, blessed are are the um, poor in spirit. Blessed are you if you're poor in spirit. You feel like, I'm I'm the weakest of the weak. How could I do anything for God? Well, you're actually blessed. Because you know that without God, you can't do anything. You know, without God, you're, you're, you're nothing. You've got no, no future without him. So you're actually blessed if you're poor in spirit. And so he, he gets all these, he, he gets the mockers out of the house and, 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 he, sh- and he shuts the door and he goes up to this girl who's, who's asleep and says, Talikathum, is that? Does anyone know Greek here? That's probably the wrong, wrong pronunciation. But he says, kum, which means, little girl, I say to you, get up. And this girl jumps up on her feet, starts breathing, her heart starts pumping. She's alive again. Like, this is, this is incredible. She, she spoke, Jesus spoke to the girl and she got up. And everyone's astonished. That this girl got raised up from the dead. Everyone except Jesus and his three guys with faith. They were like, yep, that's normal. That's what Jesus does. That's who he is. It's not that astonishing, is it? That's what his business is, raising the dead, giving us a fruitful legacy, restoring hope, causing us to walk out uh, the, the fullness of what he has for each of our lives. That's what he does. In Psalm 119.25 it says, I lie in the dust, revive me by your word. So as, as, as we let his word speak to us and we listen to it, it resurrects that, that hope in us. It resurrects that fruitful calling that we have in him. It resurrects the legacy that we can have after we're gone. It resurrects this whatever's going to live on after we die. And we need to, you know, you need to have a level of seriousness about that you want this, that you want to engage with God, that you want to see, you want to love people, you want to give up your life for people, you want to see his kingdom built. You want to see people come to know to him. And, and, and I know that's all, it's in our hearts but if we just take it casually and just just take it, well, whatever, see what happens, I'm not sure that you can actually get this, this legacy, this fruitful legacy to the fullness of what Jesus would have for your life. I mean, you don't know what he has for your life. And um, with Mark and, and Ruth, you know, you're... you're 
fruitful legacy is just, it's, it's there, but it's starting to open up more. You're taking steps into growing it. It's growing bigger. It's becoming more healthy. And it's, it's going to be more, more impact. More people that, that uh, become broken before God. More people that choose to serve God because of your, what you do in your lives. And you're going to face the opposition and these things are going to come at you. You know, the laughers, the, 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 the mourning, the mockers, they're going to come, the unbelief. But you've just got to deal with all that and keep walking it out. And you're going to see incredible fruit um, to come from it. If you keep walking, keep stay connected with Jesus, keep walking it out. You're going to see that incredible work. So I just want to encourage, encourage you with that. Um, you know, I, I prayed before about a word, if there was a word anyone needed before today, and Mark and Ruth came to mind, but I knew they were in, in Hillsong, and I knew they wouldn't be here, and I was like, but they're not even going to be here. But somehow they're here, so, <laughs> so that's good. But you'll hear his voice, you know, and, and it's astounding. It's like, this, this person, how did they do that? How did they get up? They were dead. Like, you look at their life and it's trashed. It's just dead. How did they get up and start living out something like this? It's incredible. And people will be astounded. But, you know, hear, hear Jesus' voice to you saying, I say to you, get up. I say to you, get up. Get up and start walking out again or, or more. When Jesus resurrects your life, your future in God, your hope, it's a supernatural fruitfulness. It's a legacy that you, you can't manufacture. It's got to be something that he does in our hearts and lives. It's got to be supernatural. It's got to carry with it the gospel of Jesus and, and his word. Um, so if the music team want to come up, there's one last thing that happens uh, in this in this story, after this girl is, is resurrected from the dead, it says in verse 43, he gave strict orders not to let anyone know about this and he told them to give her something to eat. So after, after God does something in your life and resurrects this this calling you have in him this fruitful calling whatever it may be however large or small as 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 we said earlier you, he says give her something to eat you still have to feed this thing you can't just expect it to live on its own you have to keep um abiding in christ you have to keep um, in his word and in prayer. You have to keep in him if this thing is going to live. You have to keep feeding it. If you don't feed it, she's going to die again. They may be like, wow, this is supernatural. This is awesome. Wow, this is, she's supernaturally alive. Maybe we don't have to give her food anymore. Even better. We're saving costs there. But he's, you know, he's, he's supernaturally alive, but it's got to be fed. It's got to... It's got to have food or it'll die again and so don't let it 
let it die. Let that connection to the rootstock, to Jesus, that strong rootstock, be be um, be strong, and see see yourself doing something that just brings you such satisfaction, such joy that when you get to the end of your day, you can think, you know what? I I did love people. I did give up my life for people. I did see people's lives touched you know let's get to the end and, and be that it doesn't matter where you are now how long how long it's been how old how young let's commit ourselves to that this morning so why, why don't we all stand this morning firstly I just want to ask if there's anyone here that doesn't you would say you're not connected with Jesus um, if you're honest, but you want to be connected to him. And if, if you're in that situation today, then it's as simple as saying a prayer. Um, I don't know if there's anyone here that's in that situation today, but if there is, why don't you just slip up your hand now um, and we're all family here and we'll pray a prayer together. If there's anyone, we won't pray that prayer. Is there anyone here today that wants to to ask to be connected to that vine? Now, the thing is that about that, I, I say this with um, with compassion because if if you are a broken off branch, if you are not connected, then the fact is you you shrivel and, and you 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 will be dead wood. And the Bible says that, unfortunately, the only place, the only thing that dead wood is good for is putting on the fire. But Jesus, that's not his plan for your life. He loves you greatly as, as, um, as we heard earlier from Sarah. He loves you and he gave up his life for you. And he wants you connected in with him so that you can know his life. You can know his, his salvation. You can know the forgiveness of your sins. So I ask one more time before we move on. Is there anyone here that wants to do that this morning? If you are, if if you ask, if this something is stirring in your heart and you feel that you want to do that, please do that. Do it at home. Ask someone after. Come to me, Pastor Kylie, Mark, Ruth, anyone on the team and say, hey, you know what? I, I wanted to, but something, I just didn't get get my hand up can you can you help me now and we'll pray together with you and see see that happen in your life uh, and secondly as we sing through we're gonna take just a couple of moments to to reconnect to Jesus I know there's a lot of people um, in here all of us in here would want that would want to live out a life that is fruitful that has a legacy after we're gone and so if you're in that situation, what we're going to do as we're singing, just, just slip up your hand and, and just acknowledge God and just say, Jesus, it's about, it's about Him. And we're going to say, hey, Jesus, I want this in my life. I want to live this out. You know, you might be here thinking, you know what? It died a long time ago. But Jesus is saying, don't worry about that. Just just believe don't worry if it's been ages don't worry if it looks sick don't worry about that 
just let me touch your life this morning. And I believe that as we, we're going to sing through this song, and as you raise your hands to Him, He's going to meet you where you are. He's going to touch you where you are. And He's going to instill that hope in you afresh. He's going to deliver you from the mourning, deliver you from the mocking, deliver you from the unbelief, deliver you from those things.